Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Fathers in the home, black fathers in the home. That's my topic. Today we um, are just finishing up a week from the 9-11 incident in New York in which America was tragically attacked and put on notice, and we responded. But today I would like to dedicate this particular podcast to a man by the name of Todd Beamer. Todd Beamer. Now, Todd Beamer and two of his friends who graduated from Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, all three of them, we're on their way from New York to San Francisco on flight United 93. That was the flight that was to be turned around once it was hijacked and drove directly into the White House. So what happened is that Todd notified his two friends. They got up and went to their restroom. Todd called his wife on the cell phone, said goodbye to her, told her he loved her, and proceeded to attack the gentlemen who were hijacking the plane. And in the process of that, as we all know, the plane crashed in the fields of Pennsylvania. Now the White House was saved, and more disaster to America was saved that would have been enormously devastating for our country. So we're grateful for Todd and the two alumni and others that were involved in that event as well. Now here's the deal. Wheaton College built a building and dedicated the bottom floor to Todd Beamer. It's referred to as the Beamer Educational Center for correctional studies and vocational studies of students that are attending Wheaton College. So we're glad that Wheaton was able to recognize these gentlemen, but particularly Todd, for his leadership, outstanding leadership, in dealing with this particular matter on the date of 9-11. So we salute him and we dedicate this program, you know, to him. Now, the issue about fathers. Fathers do matter. You know, it's this whole story about what's going on in our country today, about black lives matter. That's nonsense. All lives matter and we know it. But today I'd like to focus on fathers matter. Whether they're red or yellow or black or white or whatever the color might be, fathers matter. But there's been a lot of research done in the area of the black fathers, the black father community. And um, when we see the unrest going on in the cities of today, and when it all started in Minneapolis, one wonders, what about this issue of inequality that everybody is talking about? Everybody's raising the inequality, whether racial inequality or sexual inequality or gender inequality or whatever it might be. We're focused and we're fixed on this issue of inequality. Well, we can address it in many, many different ways. But the most serious inequality, most serious inequality, is the unequal percentage of black fathers in the homes of America. A phenomenon that has been encouraged by governmental policies and has been normalized. And we have, in our government and throughout our country, rewarded out-of-wedlock births. We reward by giving benefits, financial benefits, social benefits, and other benefits to the mothers who give birth outside of wedlock. So we encourage it and we make it sound so normal. So we are stuck in a real problem of the inequality of black fathers in the home. So in doing some research on this, I found an article in the Daily Signal written by Larry Elder. Larry, uh, Larry Elder is a black man, a father, and he writes a little article on this issue of the black fathers. And I'd like to refer to it and pinpoint some particular issues that are important in this particular on, on this particular topic. In 1965, Daniel Monahan, we all know him, 
He was the Assistant Secretary of Labor to President Lyndon Johnson. He was he served in the as an advisor to John F. Kennedy. He served as advisor to Richard Nixon. He served as a U.S. ambassador. He was a Democratic senator from New York. Anyway, a very pronounced man and a very profound man and a man that you listen to. And when he spoke, people listened. But he wrote a book in 1965 entitled The Negro Family, The Case for National Action. Now, when he wrote that book in 1965, 25% of blacks were born outside of wedlock, a number that um, we all decry and we all say is catastrophic to to the black uh, community. And here's what he wrote in his book. A community that allows a large number of young men to grow up in broken homes, dominated by women, never acquiring any stable relationship to male authority, never acquiring any rational expectations about the future, such as the community asks for and gets chaos, crime and violence, and unrest, and unrestrained lashing out at the whole social structure is very near to inevitable. In other words, we're going to get it. If we allow broken homes to be um, of that nature, where they're dominated by women and their unstable relationships with male authority, kids are going to end up in a very profound, destructive social structure. Now, Monaghan was criticized strongly for this book. His daughter continues to be criticized personally for her father's book and her father's thoughts and and her father's writing. And now, black children entering the world without a father has almost tripled from what it was in 1965. In other words, the book in 1965 did not slow the pace of fatherless homes in the black community, but actually has seen an increase three times the amount at this point in time in history. Now, about that time, the um, Brookings Institute, which is a liberal institute of studies, and the Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative think tank, said this, they agree on America's most dominant issue in the domestic world, and that is fathers do matter. So whether you're Democratic and liberal or whether you're Republican conservative, you would agree together that fathers matter, particularly in the black community. And um, here's what the uh, writing from the Brookings Institute had to say under the title of um, Purposeful Parenthood. Purposeful Parenthood. The effects on children of the increase in single parents is no longer much debated. They do less well in school are less likely to graduate, and are more likely to be involved in crime, teen pregnancy, and other behaviors that make it harder to succeed in life. Not every child raised by a single parent will suffer from the experience, of course, but on the average, a lone parent has fewer resources, fewer uh, sums of money at his, his or her disposal, and less time. 
to raise a child. The article goes on to say this, poverty rates for single parent families are five times those of married parent families. The growth of such families since 1970 has increased the overall child poverty rate by about five percentage points. Recent research suggests that boys are indeed more affected than girls by the lack of a male role model in the family. If true, this sets the stage for a cycle of poverty in which the mother-headed families produce boys who will go on to be fathers of their own children outside of marriage and repeat the process another generation. Devastating statement. Fatherless homes, devastating results. Now here's another statement that was made uh, in an article published in the Brookings Institute in 2014. It was entitled, The Unequal Burden of Crime and Incarceration on America's Poor. Benjamin Harris of the Brookings Institute wrote this. For an African-American child whose father does not have a high school diploma, there is roughly a 50% chance that his or her father will be in prison by the time the child is 14 years of age. That is how so many of our nation's children, the poor minority children in particular, grew up with an incarcerated parent that makes their own chances of success much harder. And here's another article written in 2012 and by Robert Rector. It was entitled, Marriage, America's Greatest Weapon Against Child Poverty. Here's what the article said. Child, po child poverty is an ongoing national concern, but few are aware of its principal cause, the absence of married fathers in the home. According to the U.S. Census, the poverty rate for single parents with children in the United States in 2019 was 37%. The rate for married couples with children was 6.8%. Being raised in a, marriage, in a married family reduced the child's probability of living in poverty by about 82%. In other words, not what job you have, it's what kind of a home you come from. Some of these differences in poverty is due to the fact that single parents tend to have less education than married couples. But even when married couples are compared to single parents with the same level of education, the married poverty rate is still much lower, 75% lower. Marriage is a powerful weapon, the author says, in fighting poverty. In fact, being married has the same effect in reducing poverty that adding five to six years of to a parent's level of education. So there you are. You know, another research study that I became aware of, and I tell young people almost every day that come into my office and consult me for various reasons, I pause to make sure they hear this. That if a high school student graduates and a high school student gets a full-time job, and then the high school student who graduated and gets a full-time job does not have children until he's married or she's married, will have a 
2% chance of living in poverty. But if they violate those three points, they don't graduate from high school, they don't get a full-time job, and they have children early before marriage, they have a 70% chance of living in poverty. So poverty isn't the job you have or don't have. It isn't the race that you have or race you are or not. It's the fact that you live a life that's oriented towards achievement and towards accomplishment and towards success. And you build the, you, you, you lay the building blocks for success. And those are the building blocks. Graduate from high school, get a full-time job, and don't have children until you're married. And you have a 70% chance of living outside of the realm of poverty. Now, before I end, let me just um, go back into history. And here's some advice. This advice was first given in 1744 by Jonathan Edwards. He did a sermon on August the 30th, 1744. And at that point in time, he was talking to pastors and ministers about their career. And he was advising them. But I think it applies to fathers as well. And you can look at it from this perspective. These were the points that he made in that particular speech. Fathers should be able to teach as a scholar who is diligent in their studies. In other words, fathers should be knowledgeable. Fathers should be, edu- fathers should be educated. Fathers should be able to teach their children, their family. That's a requirement of a father. Here's a second point. Fathers are to expound on the development of faith within the family. They are to be a servant to their family and to their people around them and with whom they have contact. In other words, fathers should live a life of faith and build faith in their children and show how faith is lived out by being a servant to others. And here's the third point John Edwards makes. Ministers, or fathers, should be a burning and shining light set apart to serve the whole family, the whole community, the whole country universally, not just their own family, but beyond their own family. In other words, fathers have a responsibility to reach beyond their home, beyond their own family, and influence many outside of the home. And here's the last point. Fathers should be discreet in all their behavior, in all their relationship. That's pretty good advice for fathers. Whether you're black, white, yellow, brown, red, whatever. Pretty good advice for a father. That's the kind of father we would have. We wouldn't have racial tension today. We wouldn't have fatherless homes today. We wouldn't have a high crime rate that we have today. We wouldn't have kids struggling in their lives today. We would have kids graduating. We'd have kids being successful in school and successful in employment and successful in their social life and in their relationships. It's how we're raised. It's not how much income we have. It's not the income level. It's the type of home. It's the type of education, the level of education, and how seriously we take education and work and family life and marriage and family. So there you are. A very profound statement relative to how we can make adjustments in our social culture today. Adjustments we should have made years ago, but you know, it's not too late. We can still make those adjustments today and make sure that we start advancing and advocating for and help develop and advance the process of fathers being in the home, staying in the home, being married and raising their children as responsible young adults. It's the father in the home particularly the black father, but it applies to all of us. Anyway, nice to have you with me, and um, thanks for joining me today. And uh, the whole idea here of the fatherless home and replacing it with the father in the home. That's what's important. Bye for now.